Mother Nature is a beast, and she's coming right after you. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Dr. Movie MR, which stands for, I don't know, Mechanical Rooster. But anyways, in the 70s, we had a very big push for environmental well-being. And this came from all kinds of different forms, from the crying Native American standing on the side of the freeway when cars are throwing litter at his feet, or Woodsy the Owl, right? Remember that? Give a hoot, don't pollute. And uh, then you got Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the No, Smokey the Bear. Yeah, forgot there. But it seemed like every other commercial was a public service announcement to heal the land. But I can't think of a better mascot that makes a stronger point than if we would have had commercials of the monster from this movie, Prophecy, ripping young deviant kids' faces off because they threw their ice cream sandwich wrappers on the ground and pollution would be a thing of the past, believe me. And with that being said, any time that I can talk about Prophecy, the monster movie, I'm absolutely stoked to. I love monster movies, and this one is really top tier for me, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it's also the first scary movie that I actually saw in a theater at the grand age of nine years old back in 1979, and it absolutely terrified me. Not because of the actual purpose of the story, you know, about nature running amok, but because that the only other monsters that I'd really seen at this point were either your classic Universal Monsters, or Godzilla, or maybe some Ray Harryhausen creations. But this was totally different. So this was more earthy, more grotesque, uh, more real, and way more, dare I say, grisly. Now this movie starts off with a search team out in the woodlands of Maine, and their bloodhounds are doing the work. And the search team really gets totally demolished by something in the woods. And then we meet Robert, who's an EPA regulator and a doctor. And uh, he's sent out to the woodlands to do an inspection. But he's really there to kind of make peace between the paper mill and the Native Americans who are fighting over the rights of who owns this land. So Rob and his wife, Maggie, who's pregnant, but... Robert doesn't know that at this point, is going to Maine. And when they arrive, they're met by the paper mill manager, and he's telling Rob about the search party that's been missing, and he blames the Native Americans for it. And when they're driving them up to their cottage, which is out in the middle of nowhere, they are escorted by the manager of the paper mill, and the trail to the cottage is blocked off by a group of the Native Americans. I mean, they've got a chain across the, between two trees, and they're like, no one shall pass. So Rob and Maggie get to see just how hostile the situation is between these groups, which ends with a pretty fantastic chainsaw at somebody's throat. And uh, then Robert steps in and gets everybody to chill a little bit, then the situation calms back down. But... Uh, Wow, you kind of forget where this movie is going at this point. Now, the next day, Robert is fishing, and he sees a salmon jump out of the water that's the size of a Buick. And while he and his wife are eating the smaller fish that he actually caught for supper, he tells his wife about what he saw. 
Then all of a sudden during this conversation, Rob hears a noise on the front porch and he goes out and there's a raccoon laying there who's having a seizure, it looks like. But then it just instantly snaps to and it comes and attacks Rob and Maggie. So we get this huge fight that ends up with a raccoon being thrown into the fireplace with a paddle off of a boat. And Rob decides to send samples back home to be tested to see what caused the crazy raccoon antics, which, you know, Raccoons are just crazy. That's just, that's how they roll. So the next day, the guy that's leading this group of Native Americans is Chief John Hawks. And he wants to show Robert what happened to the land and says it's also affecting all of their people. And he blames the paper mill. And Rob and Maggie at this point get to meet the oldest tribe member. And he tells them that this land is the Garden of Eden, right? Where everything grows large and man gets everything they need right here. Everything is supplied to them that they would ever need to survive. And then they see a, something out in the water, and Hawks goes out there, and he comes back with a 17-pound tadpole, it looked like. Uh, Garden of Eden? Point taken. But during this conversation, Rob notices something else. The elder member has a cigarette burning between his fingers, which, hey, I just want to say the woods did not supply that. But he's had it burned down between his fingers, and, and the man has a lot of burn marks and scars there because he can't feel it. Uh, so you're kind of getting this idea of something's really wrong here. Later that day, Rob and Maggie tour the paper mill to see what kind of chemicals they use. And Rob finds out that the mill is using methylmercury. Not just mercury, methylmercury. So Rob does research and finds out that methylmercury is flowing into the water, and the fish absorb it. And then whatever eats the fish gets a high toxic poisoning from it, causing a laundry list of health effects and birth defects. So at this point, we have just established that Rob and Maggie, plus the unknown baby, has ingested toxic fish. And now we have that lingering fear of major birth defects. Not to mention everyone who lives in this area are in real freaking danger. But Maggie is still not telling Rob about the baby. Like I said, this movie kind of feels like you're watching a drama, and then all of a sudden it just changes gears all of a sudden. What this movie comes down to is we've got a mythical creature that is known to the Native Americans. They refer to him as Katahdin. Uh, but supposedly it's a vengeful spirit of all the creatures combined into one organism. So the old Native American is really believing this is nature's protector, but what it really is is a mutated, oversized grizzly bear that ate contaminated fish, and it's on a rampage. Now, when you think of sleeping bag deaths in movies, there's always the Friday the 13th one that comes up, right? It's classic. I'll give you that. But I'm here to tell you right now, the prophecy has the greatest sleeping bag kill of all time. Bo Ransdell will back me up on this. It's the greatest kill of all time because the bear hits the teenager that is running in a full zipped up, bodysuit sleeping bag and he's trying to hop away from the bear and the bear just smacks him and he smacks him so hard that he goes flying through the air and he hits a great big boulder and just gets obliterated it is phenomenal so a little later on at the campsite where the kid just got smashed into smithereens rob and maggie are looking around and they find two baby mutated bears raccoons, whatever they are, in a net that was placed in the river, and only one is still alive, 
and Maggie picks it up and somewhat gets attached to it. It's, it's weird. It's psychological, obviously. But they go back to what was considered the Garden of Eden, and Robert sends a message for the sheriff and the manager of the paper mill to come out there so he can show them, hey, your plant is causing this mutation. So they want to show them the baby cub and the effects of this methylmercury is causing on everything. So Robert's got the live baby sitting on a table and he's kind of doing a little examination of it and he can tell that Maggie is getting really upset. So at this time they go out of the tent and this is where she tells Rob that she's pregnant. So, you know, yeah, they're both worried at this point. So now the sheriff and the paper mill guy show up and the paper mill guy can't believe his eyes, can't believe what he's seeing. And he tries to say, hey, we're going to fix this problem. He wants to right the wrong and he plans on fixing the problem and claims he didn't know anything about it. Evil corporate guys, right? So at least he's got some sympathy and he's seeing the aftermath and now he wants to do something about it. But then while they're talking... Mama Bear shows up and shows out. You got bodies flailing all over the place and knocking over barrels of gasoline, starting to burn up stuff, lots of screeching, people just people just flying everywhere, man. It's awesome. And then the helicopter pilot that took him down to the site earlier is trying to run away from the bear and it kind of damages his face. And Robert grabs him, pulls him into the tent, and then all of our main characters go underground in this little small tunnel which is referred to earlier in the movie, so, you know, a little foreshadowing there. And they hide out while the bear is up there just burning everything to the ground, except for the elder Native American who's sitting there and just admiring the bear's work because, you know, it's the protector, the Katahdin. And this scene here, man, there's some great work in this film. Yeah, it's a rubber suit, zip-up monster outfit, but some of these shots are fantastic. The The fire reflecting in, in the, the guy's glasses, I think it's just such a wonderful shot. And then it seems like all the noise calms down, and we're down here in this hole with this group for, seems like a long time. It seems like, you know, five or ten minutes of runtime. But then it gets quiet, and then the sheriff sticks his head up above the ground, and he comes back down with half of it missing. So they stay down there the rest of the night, and the next morning they decide to go out and go find a Jeep-like vehicle and get out of that area and get some help. And the paper mill manager decides to go solo to a radio tower and try to send for some more help, but you don't quite make it. And then as the team is riding in the Jeep, and they have the helicopter pilot strapped to the top of the Jeep, strapped down in a gurney, Dude can't move. He's just strapped on the top of this vehicle. Uh, you don't see a problem with this? I mean, it's pretty crazy. Needless to say, Mama Bear shows up, knocks the Jeep over, and bites dude's head off. And I mean, dude couldn't move. I mean, he's just strapped there waiting for it. This was the first decapitation I had ever seen in a movie. And it still works on me, man. It's a quick edit. It works great. But it was the first time I ever seen somebody's head missing. Freaked me out. Now the four that are left are on foot and they run to a lake and they swim across all the way to the other side where there's another cabin. And when they get to the side of the cabin, old dude pops up on the other side over there with Katahdin. And Katahdin just picks him up and starts slinging him around like crazy. 
in midair, and he's just clamped in the beast's mouth, and he's just swinging him back. I, I think it's a great shot. You may disagree, but I think it's fantastic. And while they're getting over there, and the beast is attacking the old guy, the baby beast is starting to attack Maggie. And Robert decides the only thing he can do is take that baby and just drown it. Well, that just pisses off Mom, right? So here she comes across, and they think she can't swim because she goes under. You don't see anything for a while. It's dead. It can't swim. Well, guess what? It can hold its breath for a long time. Hey, who knows? Maybe it even has gills. But then we get this awesome throwdown where there's the beast, and it's busting up the house that they ran in, and Hawk shoots the bear with a bow and arrow, and man, the bear just smacks him, and he goes flying, kills him instantly. And then Rob grabs one of the arrows, and then the beast grabs Rob, and then Rob just starts going on a stabbing fury with this arrow. Uh, stabs it in the eyes, in the throat, it falls back in the water. Rob jumps all crazy caveman style on it and just goes crazy, just constantly stabbing this thing. Uh, wow. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's knucking futs. So now the beast is dead. And the next day at the crack of dawn, Rob and Maggie are on the first jet out of town. They're getting the heck out of there. And when they fly over in the woods, the head pops up and it's another mutated bear the end. So what can I say about this movie? Well, so many reasons I love this movie. The worst part of the movie actually is kind of the monster. Uh, maybe we see it too much. There's some scenes that work really, really great, but there's a few that kind of hurt it too. But for 79, this is about as good as you were going to get as far as a monster. It is a Jaws ripoff of sorts, mixed with that 70s nature runs amok craze of the time. But the thing about this one is, the drama is played so well. The acting is really, really good. The cinematography is classic 70s Frankenheimer. You forget for a while that you're even watching a horror movie because of these factors. I mean, this is Frankenheimer's first attempt at making a horror movie, being that he did, you know, so many 70s classics. And even though he was really disappointed with the overall movie and claims that his alcohol problem caused some of the hasty decisions, uh, the Beast was supposed to look totally different. If you look at the picture from, from the cover, that's more reflective of what the Beast was actually going to look like. But I think that as the story went along and the producers and everything wanted it to be a little more naturistic, I guess. This is the kind of movie that I think would actually be a great remake. Uh, but I'm just afraid they would cheese it up too much and lose the, the part of the very serious part of the movie that makes it feel like a high-budget film. That's what's so weird about it. you got low-budget monster, but a very well-produced film. So if you like monster drive-in flicks, I can't recommend this one enough. But like most 70s films, it's a little bit of a slow burn, but it's got some of my favorite monster scenes ever in a movie. There you go, folks. Check it out if you know about it. Hey, if you do know about it and you're a fan of it, send me a message and let me know. I would be glad to share your input on these films as well. See you next time, folks. <laughs>